We're live. Welcome to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. <laughs> Come, uh, on. Come on. Come on, Rob. What's next? The, uh, no, uh, you had it. What you did he say? We, we I just know, practiced I just had it. it. The longest running EOS podcast. Uh, oh, thank you all so much for joining us. If you're new, hit the subscribe button. If you've been here before, hit the like button. It really helps us with the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we have a we have a disclaimer yeah we, gotta, uh, we are not financial advice not yep, tax, tax consultants do your own research or you will get wrecked That's uh right. your james already mentioned uh everything uh the subscribe and like uh you guys are probably wondering who this guy is this is james mart Hello. uh if you don't know him yet uh within the next couple months at the longest you Four will minutes. all you will all remember the name. So James is a C++ dev. He's been part of the EOS community for a very long time. Uh, we met in person for the very first time back at B1 June. Uh, he's been uh, working a little bit with, with Peter Kay and I and Evan Schindler with Dappiness. You may have seen him on a Dappiness video recently. Uh, we, we had a video out. Where, let me pull it up on the screen here. Uh, I don't even have, have it ready. It was um, like uh, alternative, exploring alternative visions for what EOS might look like in, in the future. Will all dApps share one chain? Will every dApp have its own chain? Right. There yeah. it is. So uh, if you guys feedback there, if you guys want to catch that, that is on the Dappiness channel, uh, which we just started last week, I think. Uh, Dappiness is a solution studio. If you want smart contract development work, Security, auditing, or pen testing, uh, hit us up at dappiness.io. Uh, just for transparency and clarification, I am a partner in Dappiness, uh, along with everyone else that I mentioned. Uh, so, James, what were you doing out in uh, Lancaster with, uh, with Evan Dappiness and Pete last team. week? Uh, yeah, so I was working a bit with Peter. We, we, Peter's, of course, the... Um, the DSP expert and the liquid liquid apps guy that I go to for my questions. So we were working on a couple things. We have a prototype that we're, or I have a prototype that I'm not quite ready to announce yet there. Um, there's another thing I'm working on that I guess uh, we, we want to talk about a little bit. So uh, <laughs> secrets. Right. I, I love dropping news on the show. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the news that people all want to hear, we're going to give them the news we want to tell them because this is going to be super exciting for developers in particular. Exactly. So I'm a developer. This is this is news more for developers. So I have uh, in the works. It's not quite ready yet, but uh, coming out, there's going to be a library that you can use as a developer of smart contracts to make it just a little bit easier to do a lot of the tasks that you are probably familiar with or the routine tasks you do when you're writing a smart contract. So this is going to be one library you can use. So it has a lot of the security kinks figured out. So instead of re-implementing it yourself, you use Git and add this library as a sub-module. You can build on top of it and use it to make your smart contract cleaner and write write it quicker. So uh, it's... It, <laughs> what, do we, what do we call it? So the, it <laughs> you're gonna ask, yeah, the, the name of it is Sext. That's C-E-X-T. Uh, it's, it's also, it's a programmer joke. So the, the, in, in C++, there's the standard library, which is abbreviated STD when you're writing code. <laughs> so this is the, the STD of smart contract development, and it's called Sext. It's the Sext I, library. I, did you, uh, I had Ramon on a, and um, Andrew from Vigordak, uh on last week or the week before, and he's trying to steal your thunder, man. You came up with the name Sex. I know, but, but you, weren't public, you, weren't pub, you weren't public about it, which is why we right. had to bring you on because we had to say <laughs> that Sex is James's name. Yep. Uh, Ramon Binlish uh, from Blockstart came up with the name Sex Rex. 
from yeah. this hackathon what, project. What was that again? What's the sex rex? It's a uh, centralized. Uh, it's for centralized exchanges. It's it's a way to create virtual accounts and allow uh, users on a centralized exchange to not only vote but also rent out their resources. That's right. Uh, but I, I guess I should mention why why James is here. So Rob, Rob and I, we just couldn't align schedules this weekend. He will be back this upcoming week. Uh, I had a Christmas party. I had to be out on Friday for my wife's work. So uh, Rob was available Friday. And then yesterday was Saturday. Rob was available, but I, I, we couldn't align schedules. We were available at different parts of the day. He's away today. James is here uh, to fill in. Uh, but I love having developers on the show. I love having Peter Kay on the show. I love having James on the show because they offer insight that neither Rob or I could actually offer to the audience. And it's that deep knowledge. James has been a C++ dev for what, over five years now? Yeah, I have five years of experience in the semiconductor industry. So um, yeah, there's some, actually there's, I think Phil Hamnett also came from the semiconductor industry from ES42, but I won't mention that because we'll talk enough about Shintai later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so sh sh should we get into the news? Why don't we? Big uh, yeah, let's go. So we got big news. We'll get into the SEC stuff with Brendan Bloomer and Dan Larimer and all the crazy stuff that's been going on Twitter. Uh, but I, I think some of the biggest news this week was actually uh, not talked about that much. It's the um, the Rex update was was published, uh, but not not merged to to master yet. Hold on, is is it sharing the screen? Yeah. Do you see that? Okay. Yep. All right. So basically, thanks to uh, EOS Nation for the graphic. But basically, what you're seeing up on the screen here is an update to the Rex. So we we had Obviously, through the month of November, uh, we had major, major congestion problems. Uh, the the buffer at, at 80% went, we broke the 80% buffer. Uh, Rex shut down. There was no more liquidity. People were in queue waiting to get out. Uh, you want to kind of explain what, what this solution is that Block One uh, just added that just committed to the development branch? Sure. Um, an alternative view, by the way, of what happened recently isn't that Rex shut down or anything, but it, I, I admit it was a an unexpected way that, that Rex behaves when there's a lot of transactions and a lot of people renting. So what happened uh, with this update? There were two main changes. Um, the first change was that um, I, I think so you all know that like the way that fees get added into Rex and then get distributed to people who are lending their EOS is through the CPU and RAM uh, renting. So the fees that come from that, there's the name, premium name sales. So the fees from that go in. Um, so before, whenever there was, for example, a, a name bid, a name sale, premium, the sale of a premium name, the funds would immediately go into the Rex pool so that it would increase the value of Rex. Um, Nothing wrong with that, except that it would it would make the the value of Rex erratic on a on a versus time graph, right? So it you, what what they're doing now is every twelve hours there's a bucket and it will fill this bucket instead of going immediately to uh, the increasing the value of Rex, and then yeah. that that mm -hmm. bucket will get distributed over thirty days. Uh, and it'll make for a much smoother, smoother. increase in the value of Rex. Yeah, I, I, I think the best the best example for this to make sense is last May, uh, right before B1 June. Remember when Block One bought was it like twenty four million dollars of RAM? Yeah. yeah. So anyone that was staked to Rex the day that Block One bought all that RAM, they hit the jackpot. They got this big windfall of EOS into Rex, and they got paid big. Uh, with with this new distribution method with the twelve hour buckets. 
if block one were to buy $24 million of RAM this time, it would trickle uh, out as like a dividend, or I don't want to call it a dividend, but as an a, a payout to uh, rec stakers over the next 30 days. So it actually encouraged liquidity to get added to the rex pool after a big transaction like that happens. And what's more comparable now is all of the 30 day rex leases pretty much end and start on the same like two or three days of the month. I don't have a graph in front of me, but if you looked at it, you'd see these giant spikes on very specific days because that's whenever the 30 day lease ends and then everyone tries to renew on that same day. So by creating this distribute the, the distribution of funds through 12 hour buckets, it allows that that windfall of, of tokens to get uh, EOS tokens to get distributed as payments over a 30 day period instead of all at once. So that should smooth out Rex leasing uh, at, and it gives incentive to add liquidity to Rex on days other than the ones whenever people are willing to pay lot, lots and lots of money. Yep. All right. We got some people welcoming. I don't know if you have the latch chat off. You just got some hellos. Oh, uh, the other big hello. change on. I don't have a chat <laughs> up. How do I see it? Uh, just pull up the YouTube channel. Oh, OK. I'll hold everyone over for a couple minutes. Uh, all right, the other change on Rex is they they lowered the buffer to 10%. So the reason they have that buffer is because uh, otherwise you have a queue of trying to uh, try to get out of Rex. If too many people are trying to get out of Rex at once, you actually have to wait and it's not instant. So what that buffer does is it makes it so it's less likely for, for that queue to happen and you could have that instant uh, withdrawal from Rex. Um, but so that's the balance game we're playing is we're trying to balance like how how responsive do you want it to be when people try to withdraw from Rex versus how much actual resources do you want to be available in Rex? The, the interesting thing about all of this is right now, let me let me pull up blocks uh, on blocks IO. Uh, I'll just read the stats. We're at 82 percent capacity right now on Rex, but it's not shut down this time. And maybe, maybe someone in the chat could tell us why, because the code update that we showed has not been like deployed on mainnet. Uh, it's probably still at least a couple weeks away. And that's just a guess. But right now we're at 82% Rex. And one of, one of the problems with Rex is like even at 82% capacity, so we're this close to being locked up again, but one EOS can still borrow 500 EOS. So like, right. what, what, what's the solution to that? So that's, I mean, yeah, one thing we could do is we could play with the parameters for the Bancor algorithm that kind of manages the price of the resources within Rex. So one parameter you can adjust essentially adjusts the curve of how quickly the cost of resources increases as more people are, are renting from Rex. So if we did that, it would, it would discourage or disincentivize people to, uh, well, wouldn't disincentivize them to lend from Rex, but maybe they won't lend as much or they'll plan their resources slightly differently, but it should free up more in Rex because the resources will cost more. That's one thing. Uh, do. Sonata Systems in the chat just, I don't, I don't know if this is accurate, but he said 83.333 is the magic number. So maybe oh, yeah? that's, I, I'm, I'm not does, able to validate that right now. How do they but know? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, he, he's a pretty smart guy. He's been around uh, in the community for a long time. I, I hope that this is the right answer. I don't want to give you information. The magic number for what? What for it's the, actually set to right now? For the Rex to lock up, maybe. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just reading from the live chat, man. I, I, I haven't validated that claim. Got you, got you. Uh, but one amazing thing that's happened. So Dexaran, uh, the developer that was stress testing the mainnet prior to the big lockup, through all of these issues and congestion problems we've had, there's actually been a lot of innovation that's happened. And one of the 
One of the most innovative things we've seen in a while was actually just released uh, this week in a blog article from Graymass. And that is the Graymass fuel. You want to kind of jump into that and kind of explain it from yeah. a, a little bit of more of a technical standpoint of what's going on here and why? Sure. Yeah. Else? So I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. So Graymass fuel, it's, it's a solution for developers, obviously, and DAP developers. So end users wouldn't really hopefully have to worry about this or think about it. But the way that it works right now, if a DAP wants to pay for the cost of transacting with their DAP on behalf of their users, they use something that you may have heard of called uh, only bill first auth. It's been available in EOSIO since 1.8. Um, but the way that that works doesn't fit with some models for how DAPs currently collect the signatures or the authorization from their users. Uh, and gray mass fuel is just a way that, that DAPs can more easily integrate uh, a solution which uses only bill first off. So, so what it looks like is now when a user authorizes a transaction through a DAPs front end, uh, instead of that instead of that user's wallet immediately forwarding the transaction to the blockchain, that uh, that transaction is actually sent to some service layer that's hosted by Graymass, like on the Graymass servers. They will add an additional authorization or an additional signature onto that transaction and then forward it to the blockchain. So now the EOS blockchain sees Graymass as the first authorizer. Graymass is billed for it, so they covered the cost of the transaction. And then separately from that, you are paying Graymass to cover the, the DAP developers are then paying Graymass to for the for that service. So that's basically how it works. Um, it could be you, the tweet you might have seen recently from me, Zach, about this was was that I think that Aaron Cox from Graymass should should consider or think about turning this into like a DSP, like a, or a service that DSPs could provide. So I, I, I like that thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know what it would do. F I don't know if it works out financially for gray mass, uh, but I was just thinking about it and thinking like, okay, it's a service that DAPs want. So it should be a DAP service, a DAP service provider could provide the service and it would, it would open up like a free market. And actually it actually would be good for gray mass because it would remove some liabilities. So say, God forbid, the gray mass servers go down and now they can't, they can't authorize transactions for people that are trying to use gray mass fuel. Well, if it was a DSP and there were a bunch of DSPs, then some other DSP who was being staked to by the DAP would cover it and you wouldn't have to worry about it. So I don't know, it, it would make it more of a free market, a little bit more decentralized, uh, potentially may or may not make more money for gray mass in the long run, mm -hmm. but it, it would be something that would be good for decentralization, I think. So I think the thing that's interesting with the fuel is uh, it's kind of like going whenever EOS was originally being pitched, it was uh, fee-less transactions, basically. Mm. Not free. So that's, that's, that's a big misrepresentation. I, I saw yep. Kevin, Kevin Rose from EOS New York. He, I guess, went through all his old tweets to make sure he was writing it, but a lot of a lot of people were saying free transactions and and the proper terms if you look at how a lot of people described it they never actually said free it was feeless which is true because it's a, a staking model if you're staking you're not paying fees but they're not free because you, you still have to own property which is uh the eos that you're staking uh but with the fuel it, it allows the opportunity to pay fuel like which is equivalent to almost like gas on, on ethereum where you could actually pay a transaction fee instead of owning stake mm -hmm. so 
Hey, what's up, Cal Protho? I just saw my boy Cal just popped into the chat. What's up? Uh, and Sonata just said he heard from Ramon about that 83.33 number on the rec. So uh, okay. I, I, I trust whatever Ramon says. So yep. not, not that Sonata's not reputable, but man, Ramon is the man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess with fuel, so there's been a lot of other innovation too with like the resource models. Uh, I don't think Blocks.io was offering the free transactions before all of the congestion happened either. No, they weren't. There was also um, Shintai had like an ARM automated resources management at one point, which was uh, unfortunately it just shut down, I think, right before <laughs> the heavy traffic was happening on EOS. So they they missed the boat there. But uh, Shintai has actually been coming out with a bunch of new stuff. I don't know. Have, have you been following that, Zach? Have you seen what? Uh, I, I saw it this week. They, they released a, a new white paper. And yep. Did they redo some of their website? I only saw the white paper. Yeah, yeah, that's all I saw too. So they they posted something about a new white paper and I go to shintai.io and I just I guess I didn't realize all the stuff that they were working on because there were a whole bunch of 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 new things that I hadn't seen before. So I I have a list up in front of me, but they have like actually here, I'll just share my screen. Uh right now. Wait. No. Uh -oh. All right. How about now? Can you see it? Oh, yeah. All right. Yep, I see it. All right, cool. So, yeah, they, they have all these different products. I think everyone was aware that Shintai had like a token leasing project going on. And, and maybe if you're in tune with Shintai NFT leasing. But there are a bunch of new things here that I hadn't seen before. So they have this regulated DEX. Um, I don't really know any of the details of this, but I just read the little description here. I encourage everyone watching to go check it out if you're interested. But I think they're working with Singapore in some capacity to launch a, a DEX that's actually regulated. Um, wow. And I didn't see that one either. Yeah. I, I think in the description, it also doesn't mention Singapore. You have to read the white paper for that part of it. But um, something... So, so DAP bonds, um, they are going to make some solution which will allow dApps to to sell bonds for their dap which is pretty cool um okay and that, then, that's is that that's like it's bonds but like it's different than the bonds bonding that like dan was talking about a couple weeks ago right oh um sure well yeah so dan yeah dan was his I know it had to do it, but, yeah it was like a yield curve which is reminiscent of the so the united states treasury bond market bonds are more for like tokenizing like actual like bonds that most people right like tokenizing debt for for dap so if you want to wow. sell debt so people can support your dap then basically you can use shintai and i'm sure like shintai's whole whole shtick is that everything's regulated so this is like next level yeah and it's all kind of i'm starting to see the how it all meshes together with with shintai like their whole vision because they have mint which is like helps daps launch security tokens in a regulated way then they have the regulated decks, presumably where you can exchange those STOs, um, and then bo a bond market where you can also launch like regulated assets for your for your DAP. And I don't know, I, I think they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, ARM we talked about, and then this one, the last one on this page, yeah. is the voter exchange, which I had no idea they were working on. But so. This is about this is just adding transparency to the network. So I, this could be potentially controversial in the ecosystem, but uh, it's not something that we can stop. We know vote buying happens, um, and 
Shintai is working on a voter exchange to 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 finally make it completely transparent. So it says EOS vote buying and trading happens. Um, enable EOS token holders to sell their votes at a true market rate and or based on their ideal candidate for a block producer. So I just thought know, that was interesting. Do you know how that one's different than uh, I think Generos uh, built something that they're using with the Cullen Talks crypto rewards ah. proxy are you familiar no i'm i am not familiar with that unfortunately so i don't know how that's different it, it, yeah and i, I since it, it's not like the vote this shintai voter exchange i don't think it's been deployed yet so it's yeah really hard to compare them at this point anyway but i do know right. that generos uh has something I, maybe it's eosphere too i'm not sure who else is involved but it's whoever's working with the cullen talks crypto rewards proxy they have uh some something to uh Basically, if you're a proxy and you're doing rewards, like there's a way to kind of do it in a transparent way, like what they're trying to do here. Hmm. And I, I think you brought up a good point. It's like if you can't stop it, the, the next best thing is like, let's make it open and transparent. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah. The, the, the thing like we don't want is for vote buying to happen behind closed doors. We, we mm -hmm. it, it needs to be transparent. There's no way to stop votes, uh, vote buying. I mean, um, so I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting thing that they're working on. And I, I, I would be remiss if I don't plug DAP Network on the Shintai white paper where it says cross-chain EOSIO, <laughs> Ethereum, and DAP Network. EOSIO is a blockchain protocol with a number of instances besides the first chain EOS. It's also got Wax, Talos, Warbly, Boscore. And Shintai wants to service all chains that have sufficient economic activity and use inter-blockchain communication to integrate with the, the Shintai Network of Markets. And they plan to use Liquid Link, Liquid X, and all of the tools being built, uh, services being built by the DAP or by Liquid Apps for the DAP network. So I just want to, you know, pl plug plug that. That's uh, pretty awesome. Speaking of of Liquid App services, maybe you should. Uh, wasn't there like a new? I don't know much about it. Wasn't there a new Liquid App service that was announced this week? Or I saw some paper about. Um, I think it was Liquid Storage. It's, it's yeah. It, it's been a really big week for. IPFS storage. So uh, I will pull up the uh, Liquid App stuff, but did you see? So we had a couple things uh, happen this week. So we had Filecoin, which isn't obviously EOS, but it is like IPFS technology. They finally launched their testnet <laughs> after, after what, two years since their uh, token sale? And so, like yeah. they raised like $250 million. And they, they finally deployed a, a test net for Filecoin. And that was kind of the catalyst. We've been sitting on uh, a liquid storage article at Liquid Apps for a little bit now. We're just kind of, uh, it, liquid storage is still alpha. So we were kind of waiting for the right moment to release it. And we did some comparisons in the article with Filecoin because Filecoin's like the, the champion thing everyone was looking at two years ago. Like, oh, IPFS is the next big thing. Uh, we're going to do it on, on Filecoin is going to be the one that gives that to the people. Right. So whenever we saw that uh, Filecoin was about to publish, or not publish, but they did deploy their test net. They, I don't, they probably published a blog. So we, we got our blog out too, which is more information on liquid storage, which we haven't talked a whole lot about, but it is uh, a storage solution using IPFS that enables immortal storage. We were talking a little bit before we started this and I, I could talk about it, but I don't want you to talk about it because I, I thought the way you described it was pretty exciting. Well, okay, yeah. So I'll, all I know about it is kind of from what I was reading in, in this article that you have showing, but basically what I got from it was 
that it was proposing an alternative um, incentive layer for IPFS. Uh, so you have to understand a little bit about IPFS to understand what, what this is. So IPFS is decentralized file storage. Um, and the, the main problem with IPFS uh, is that there's nothing that incentivizes servers and, and people to actually join the IPFS network to host files. So the answer to that from the, the same guys who created IPFS was to create Filecoin. Um, but like, like Zach was just saying, they just got around to the testnet, even though they raised a lot of money a long time ago. Um, whereas Liquid Apps is a solution that is live right now, Liquid Storage. Okay, it might, maybe it's an alpha, but it, it's, it's uh, already could be used as an incentive layer for IPFS to incentivize nodes to store uh, files on the IPFS network. So it, it like when I, I read this, it looked like they were kind of like Liquid Apps was kind of... Um, I don't know. They're they're picking a fight with Filecoin or something because it's an alt. <laughs> it's like an alternative uh, so, layer for IPFS. Yeah. So That's what I got. We, we and I I want to bring up another great EOSIO chain that deployed an IPFS solution. That's Talos also deployed DStore. I'm not going to ignore <laughs> DStore and what it does. I, I will admit that I know a lot less about DStore uh, because I'm more familiar with 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 Liquid Apps, obviously. Um. But the core differences between it, from what I understand, is uh, DStore uses a fee-based model. So if you want to use IPFS on uh, Talos, you'd pay a Talos token. That's the resource token. And then you would basically pay fees for the IPFS. And hmm. I don't know like what that fee would be. So like, let's say I want to host a video on DStore. There would be some sort of amount of Talos that I would need to pay for like every block or every month. or I don't know how long their leasing is. For that, but you basically use a fee-based model to, to rent that storage. So it doesn't have the same uh, ability to be like immortal. The reason we call things immortal on DAP network is because we use a staking-based mechanism where you stake tokens. And as long as those tokens are staked, the DSP providing the services are actually getting paid through an inflationary mechanism. So that's how they're being paid. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm reading the chat too. Dimitri just said something. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a staking model. So if you stake it, and and you, you could always like write like an algorithm. So like to actually have an immortal application, you would probably need to write some sort of logic that rotates DSPs and says like, okay, stake to any DSP offering this service for like this price range. And then that way you could do like some sort of round robin for if one of them goes down, it could jump to the next one it, hmm. uh, for all eternity. Uh, but um, that's one difference. Uh, the other difference is with Liquid X, uh, the IPF or the Liquid Storage would be available on any blockchain. That's including Ethereum, right. Wax, Talos, Warbly, like any 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 chain that uh, has DSPs running on top of it would be able to take advantage of this storage solution. Right. So basically, anywhere the DAP network is, you could use the the Liquid Storage solution. Um, so that's one possibility and then if you're on telos you could use the jstor solution for storing files yeah right yeah and um the uh, I, I remember it? i think there was the ramon thing yeah ramon said something in uh telegram that i saw i'm trying to pull it up here so i don't i just want to read it um 
Okay. Yeah. So I, so Ramon said, uh, DSP packages are flexible. We're more than happy to enable another DSP package for staking for different tokens. DApps have to lead this and ensure that there's a market for those tokens and they can get enough stakers for that package. So yeah, to me that, that says basically that there's going to be anyone will be able to pay with whatever token, um, whenever the DAP network launches on that particular chain. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read the whole thing. But I, I think, so he has like a lease package right now. Uh, you could look that up. There's been plenty to read about. It's kind of like a Rex where you basically, if you have DAP tokens and, and you want to rent them out, it's kind of like Shintai, but his own model, where basically if someone has DAP, they could stake it into this resource pool. Then other people like Moonlighting, who has 750,000 users, they're pretty much uh, the biggest users of DAP network right now. They basically pay between ten and twenty thousand DAP per day, and they run like fifteen thousand transactions on the mainnet using that that amount of payment. And then someone on the other side of the the, the his resource exchange is getting paid in DAP tokens. So what Ramon was talking about in that message you're describing is with LiquidX, if if DAP network were to be deployed on another EOS IO chain, if a DSP deployed a service, this wouldn't be a liquid apps thing. This would be completely an independent DSP launching a service like, like Blockstart, for example. They would, as long as there were people that were willing to stake their DAP tokens in exchange for payments in some other token, then it would open up a whole other resource exchange. So like if like Wax or someone was like, okay, we want to use LiquidX and then their developers could potentially pay Wax People that own DAP get paid in WAX, but then the the WAX people are getting renting DAP tokens. So like you could basically, it, it opens up a lot of stuff. But I don't want to get too far into into the weeds on that yeah. because it's one, it's not my product. It's definitely not a Liquid Apps product, uh, but it is on the DAP network, and it's something that Ramon is just blazing trails with. Ramon is like ten steps ahead of everyone else, I think. But th that's that's where I think you're going to be. So. A lot of people don't don't know James yet. Like I said, the next couple of weeks, couple of months, you will know James. I, me, me and Peter trying to like groom James into being the absolute best <laughs> app network developer there is. That is not with Liquid Apps or another DSP, right? But so, we'll, so we'll okay, that. we we got to move on to what people really want to hear, Zach. We got to we start. Talking. We've, yeah, we've been, we've been, yeah, we've been in the weeds here. We've been rattling on about these resource solutions, which, while innovative, I think people want to hear about voice and and Brendan's tweets and all that good stuff. Let, let me just throw in one thing that Dimitri, uh, Dimitri, I never actually said your last name, Nick Kuleros, but Dimitri from Bounty Block is how I say his name. He says D Store is like AWS S3 without central hosting, aka IPFS, so naturally cheaper. We'll see. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there because I don't want to not talk about D store. I just don't know enough about it. So right. we'll, we'll have a dedicated episode about all these new storage solutions sometime in the future. But like you said, let's get into Twitter, man. All uh, right. It all started before the SEC stuff. We had Jack <laughs> I, come on Twitter and he said, Twitter is funding a small independent team of up to five open source architects, engineers, and designers to develop an open and decentralized standard for social media. The goal is for Twitter to ultimately be a client of this standard. Now, Super what's that? interesting. What did you think whenever you first saw that? Uh, I mean, the, of course, the ver first thing I thought of was uh, voice. I mean, it says the goal for Twitter, the goal is for Twitter to ultimately be a client of this standard. Um, reminds me just of something I heard. I don't know if it was maybe at B1 June or somewhere I heard something like the, 
the data underlying voice is is could be the same and you could imagine somebody publishing an alternative front end that also looks at the same data that that voice has so it looks so voice.com might just be a client for the voice backend so it's it seems um somewhat similar in that sense and i think actually didn't do you want to read the tweet that Brendan said? Because uh, he actually commented on that. Which one is that? The he the... said. Okay, I, I actually have it up. He said. Uh, he said at Block One, we've been working on this for some time. We share your values. We appreciate your bold steps, and would be happy to collaborate if it was interesting for you. Most importantly, though, thanks for being an ambassador for what's important. I'll pull so, it up on the screen here. There we go. Can you that see it? was a cool. The bottom one. one? Uh, yeah, yeah, the bottom one. You can see it. So, like, I have a bunch of tweets. Why don't, why don't you be the Twitter reader guy? Because Bloomer, we're, we're like out of order here, actually. We changed the order last minute before we got on here. But so first, Bloomer, uh, he was already active on Twitter, I think, before the SEC picture came out. Because I think the Jack tweet, like this week, so much has happened this week that I'm like losing track of like when things happened. But the the Jack tweet happened a couple, like a day or two before the SEC tweet, I believe right? I think so. Yeah. And Bloomer was like responding to it. And he was saying like, he dropped all kinds of nuggets. He said like, they're working on like business to business enterprise. He said he would love for Jack to like, like look into what they're doing with voice social. Mm. Uh, But then the big tweet happened and that is Dan and Brendan visiting the SEC. And then we'll get back into all those other tweets that, that Brendan uh, has been making. So basically this happened. What was the date here? December 13th. I don't even know what today is anymore. Today is the 15th. 15th. So two days ago, uh, they posted this picture of Brendan Bloomer and Dan Larimer in front of the SEC building. And he says, focus on making data integrity a priority, hashtag blockchain. And then Anita says, are you there for voice social? Winky face. What do you, <laughs> what do you think happened at the SEC? So... Clearly, not clearly, clearly it was about voice. Uh, <laughs> they're there for something about voice. I have to imagine if he's at the SEC, the Securities and Exchanges Commission, it must be about the something about the voice token, um, whether if it's a security or they're just talking about it. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing there, but I have to imagine it's about the voice token. Um, I know at one point, Brendan was saying he wasn't, it wasn't clear yet or... I don't, maybe it was clear to them, but he didn't make it clear to us if the first version of voice was going to launch with all of the capabilities that we will eventually see with the voice token. Um, so maybe he's there trying to uh, get the approval from the SEC to enable U.S. people to use voice to its full extent and use the voice token to its full extent. Like, like there's a huge education like gap here. Like you have to, because right. regulators are inherently overcautious about everything just like kind of like block one is with their legal uh completely overcautious and they're, they're gonna like anything that they don't understand they're going to be afraid of and they're gonna say no like we need to understand it better so a big part of it could have been educating consulting just saying like here's what we're trying to do like this is like the economics of it right uh, it's clearly got utility like it's it's not a security blah 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 yeah or or, or alternatively they could have maybe been negotiating whether or not it is a security. I saw in, um, in I think it was in the Everything Is chat, Saeed, Gass, Saeed Jaff- Jeffries, Jaffrey from uh, Jaffrey. Yes, Cafe Block. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he suggested maybe they're like registering for like a reg D or reg A plus or something. Yeah. So, but, and that, that was part of the, um, the settlement. If you remember with the SEC, they said like one of the big reasons that they needed that waiver was because if they ever wanted to register anything with the SEC in the right. future, that they didn't want to be essentially blacklisted or blackballed from that. Right. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So that what was that? That was they wouldn't have been able to launch another security coin if they didn't get the approval from the SEC before. Is that, I think that's what it was, wasn't I it? I think if they had a violation from the SEC, they automatically are like permabanned from doing a lot of like regulated right. things. Okay. Uh, so basically, it would have like handcuffed them a right. lot if they didn't get this waiver. Even even if they got a slap on the wrist, but not the waiver. It would have screwed them, basically, is right. from what I understand. Yeah, um, I have to imagine the worst case scenario would be if voice launches and the SEC knows uh, nothing about the voice token and they just wing it again. The SEC would not be happy with that. So I, I don't think they'd be quite so gracious. So I'm, I'm going to pull your other tweets back up. we got to talk about this. because So the big news with voice is everyone's asking, like, one, when voice? Now we have a date. We have February 14th. For that is the beta. Uh, I don't think we have the tweet saved. I'm going to pull up all your tweets that you made on that slide for us. We'll have that up on screen. But I'm going to talk about some other ones. So another one that came up was um, someone asked, like, when the marketing is going to start for voice. Because remember when Dan said, like, we'll see marketing that crypto has never seen before with voice. And I think in another tweet, Bloomer said after the beta. So anyone who's waiting for the marketing that we've never seen before, it's not going to come until we have a way to onboard users. Like I don't expect day one of voice to be like the most amazing thing ever. It's probably still gonna have some friction. Like the whole point of it's for user testing and feedback and also probably waiting out more regulatory clarity from the SEC, which seems like they made a big step in the right direction this week with that visit to the SEC. And to get back to these tweets here, as soon as they posted that picture, it was like a light switch turned on and Brendan Bloomer was instantly the most active man on Twitter that I've ever, <laughs> ever seen from block one in my life. And let's uh, get into some of his tweets, man. Even like the last two hours, Brendan has been tweeting like crazy, but it, it's been too, we haven't hardly read any of those cause it's just been too crazy, but I, I, I actually I appreciate have, all of his, his, uh, he's actually talking. I, I have breaking news here. So you're going right. to see it on my screen from, oops, from, from Zane from EOS radio. He says, this tweet was deleted after it was up for three minutes. I'm sorry, Brendan. I don't mean to get anyone in trouble here. It <laughs> says, thank you, EOS Radio. Uh, and, and James is going to be on EOS Radio this Wednesday with Peter K to talk about whether dApps need their own blockchains. I'll just plug that again. Continuation of the previous conversation. But Brendan posted this tweet to, to Zane Whitner. Uh, we want to see a portal dedicated to the EOS network get established and are in discussion with others on how to do our fair share to contribute and enable progress. And then the tweet was deleted. So I don't know why it was deleted. It, portal to the EOS network? It could have been for no reason. Maybe, maybe he's deleting but it so he can rewrite what, what a more clear mean? one. Like, or, or change it to like EOSIO. <laughs> Yeah, 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 something. I don't know. So what are, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, though? With with uh, how does voice, like, some people are like, oh, it's not going to be on voice for beta. No shit, Sherlock. What what beta is ever on the main net? Like, right now, like, Vigor, for example, with the stablecoin. Uh, all of that stuff's on the jungle test net right now, and it's no one's, like, complaining, like, why aren't you doing all your testing on the main net? Uh, like, Shintai 
probably has all their new stuff in the white paper on, on the test net somewhere. No one's saying like, why aren't you testing this on the main net? Right. Yeah. I, I think that uh, they're going to do what makes the most sense. And and yeah, so maybe at, at February 14th when the beta launches, we're just going to see block headers posted to the main net. Uh, and that's if like, maybe there's no interaction with the main net. I hope that's not the case. I hope they're doing something with the US main net. I mean, I think we can, exp- I mean, we know they're going to do something with the main net if their 20 something million dollar purchase of RAM has anything to say about it. So but yeah, as far as beta and what the beta's interaction with the EOS mainnet will be, um, we don't know. But my speculation is that it will have some interaction and maybe it will just be posting block headers or something so that uh, if audited, you could prove that the order of the transactions has stayed the same. And they so we know that they're going to be using other EOSIO blockchains on the back end. Um, and that's probably going to be the the contracts that are running on those private blockchains are probably the contracts that are processing most of the computationally intense uh, uh, work that the that the voice project has to do. I, so, I, I think it'll they they dangled that carrot. So I don't I don't have the quote in front of me, but they said like on the voice FAQ, it said like our our goal is to like one day like deploy to the main net if it meets our governance. And uh, what is it? Scalability or governance and performance uh, requirements. Yeah. Yep. So I think like we, Rob and I said this, I think that's like dangling a carrot it's saying, okay, I, I just, I just tried inviting Zane into the, the chat. He's, he's busy though. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Like they're basically saying like, if, if the mainnet doesn't do what like we want and that's as far as like governance and performance, like if they're dropping blocks or the network's, can't can't get through this congestion even with the new solutions we have coming out then they can't deploy the main net and that's that makes sense like you're not going to do it until it's ready right that doesn't mean like that's not their long-term plan and i i think with a lot of the stuff uh we're, we're seeing from brendan let me pull those quotes back up for like the 10th time maybe we'll read them this time <laughs> even though the audience has read it already uh yeah, yeah. so we don't have the screenshots of the questions that were asked, I guess. It says, the voice token is purpose-built and needed its own distribution mechanics to optimize for success. We're very committed to EOS, and he's referring to the EOS public network, and it represents a large position in our treasury. We're working on maximizing the existing governance framework so it can reach its full potential. Uh, that that was talking about like whether or not like the amount of... Someone asked like if you had more EOS or something, if you'd get more voice tokens, I think was the question. Uh, well, no, actually that was, so the one underneath that here is, it was the response to someone asked the question, if you have, was it going to be like steam where basically can you stake the, the public blockchains token to get more influence in, in voice? And Brendan said, no, it has different mechanics that I feel better aligned with actual value creation. What you just mentioned is exclusively plutocratic propagation of content with a rich get richer reward scheme. Um, and this is not in line with the values we're trying to achieve. So we don't know how they're going to design it, but that is uh, words from the man himself, Brendan Bloomer, that they're trying to not make it a rich get richer reward scheme. The the distribution of voice tokens and the influence that it affords you on the voice project are going to be hopefully more fair than what we saw on Steam. Uh, another quote worth reading is that Voice will test the limits and highlight the capabilities of EOSIO and eventually, which means like when it's ready, you're not going to deploy it to the mainnet until it's ready. 
we're looking at multiple types of EOS integration. So like you said, it could be the block headers, could be using like a global account system using like an EOS account. There, there's a lot of different things. They have 32 gigs of RAM. They could put a lot of hashes, a lot of Merkle roots in that RAM. We don't know what their integrations are going to be, but. So yeah, that maybe that's something that we should clear up. Like he said there are multiple types of EOS integration. I think people might have this idea in their minds of like, is it on, is it on mainnet? Is it running on EOS? And the answer is a little more nuanced than that. It's not quite so binary. It's not just either on the main blockchain or not. There's different levels of integration you can have uh, with the EOS blockchain. So there's Brendan saying we're looking into having multiple types of, of EOS integration. So I think that's basically as much as we could hope for at this point. Um, he's he's publicly very supportive of the EOS blockchain, looking to maximize the the governance on EOS, and they're looking at multiple types of EOS integration. That's that's exactly what I want to see. Are are you looking forward to seeing the code? Like, how much of the voice code do you think will be open source at first? And are you looking forward to seeing like we've never seen multi-chain best practices yet. No one's right done it yet. In, in production I, or beta? I don't know how much they're going to open source. I'll tell you what what code I'm excited about um, and I think was hinted at, uh, if not confirmed. Tell me if this was already like definitely confirmed. But at one point, I heard that they were going to essentially allow any dApps that were building on EOS or maybe even any EOS IO chain, I'm not quite sure, to leverage the um, identity layer that they were building for voice. That is going, that's like probably has, has me more excited than, than the voice social media platform me too. Uh, at, at all. Like it's going to enable entirely new uh, apps to apps to exist, apps that need uh, identity, which can't currently exist today. And that no... needs like to know that only one person, one account. There's so many attack right. vectors with Cybel that it's like ridiculous. You have to, when you're building a program, like you have to like, factor in so many different like attack vectors because of the chance of there being cyber attacks of all kinds of different pieces of your app that if you could eliminate that by saying okay only allow voice verified accounts or accounts associated with a voice verified account to to do whatever actions you're doing right uh that like whenever we did our podcast whenever pete myself and rob were in dc at b1 june like my questions to Dan were all about voice ID. You think about like what you could do, like, like reputation's huge. Like that, that's a big one is like, you, you can't be dishonest once with like, you could be, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain. Like yeah, you like could, ex it, you could still exploit people, but you'll only be able to get away with it once. Right. You'll never be able to do it again. You'll actually have an on-chain identity tied to you. And if you mess it up, sorry, you messed it up. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm really excited for the voice ID stuff. I haven't seen them talking about it very much, so I don't know what to expect in terms of when that's going to be released, if that's going to be part of the February 14th. Maybe we could get a beta version of voice ID so that apps can start trying to see what it might look like to integrate with that. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. I would be super excited if that was the case. That would be. Um, so we're wow, we've been going a long time already. Hopefully, oh, yeah. people are, Hopefully people are still with us. Uh, we got some other big news. So uh, I, we don't have all the tweets in front of us. The problem is like getting ready for this one. 
like it was a lot of back and forth between me and Rob, like since Friday, trying to figure out when we could get this going. James jumped in and said he could do it. Then we walked through some of the script. But the biggest problem with this show is that Bloomer has been tweeting like every 10 minutes and <laughs> I, I didn't have time to capture them. I'm going to just share my screen with like his, his whole thing up. Hold on. Let me get this going. Uh, let's just share the screen. And then you want to also talk about that job posting or you want me to... I'll, I'll pull that up. Okay, cool. So let's just like look at tweets and replies because that's where you can see like all this stuff. So I'm going to scroll back to like a few days ago and you can see like how unfrequently. Let's just scroll down. So like I'm not even going to read all of these, but just this is like in the last two days what Bloomer's tweeted. So most recently, 14 minutes ago, I don't know what he's talking about here. I'm not going to follow you, Charles Hoskins, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he believes in EOS. Uh, like this is like in the last hour he's had like, 50, uh, not 50, 15 tweets, counterparty risk. Like, well, maybe 50. <laughs> maybe. Three yeah. hours ago. Like, this is all Bloomer in the last all day. Today. Yeah. Like, Jesus. <laughs> this yeah. is great. It's awesome. Like, so there, there's always this problem of, like, we want transparent. Okay. So December 14th, that's still, like, this week. So December 14th, December 14th, December 14th. This yeah. is all, like, in the last week. This is all Bloomer, Bloomer, so Bloomer. This since the SEC right here. Right. But yeah, it's, it's finally, it's great to finally see Bloomer talking. I hope we can also hear a little bit more from Dan. I always appreciate that. He came in a little bit on Twitter recently and he said something about um, how he hopes that Ethereum succeeds. He was basically saying when he said, actually, when blockchain wins, we all win, which I thought was a, a great line. I agree with that. I think. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I wish we had those tweets queued up, but I'm not going to. Dig for yeah. but you're right yeah anyway they're they're being very positive to ethereum they're trying to, and that, that's something like we've been kind of preaching with liquid apps for a while is like interoperability like we gotta like stop being maximalists about everything and work together like we're all fighting like for the same goals and like decentralization auditability transparency on chain like we all have the same goals like we have different ways to do it and that, like, that's part of decentralization if like there was only one game in town like IPFS storage, for example. That's why like, I'm happy there's liquid storage and D store because if there's only one game in town, that, that's like you could say it's, it, it still could be decentralized, but like it's best to not have vendor lock-in. Like you should have multiple networks you should use and multiple vendors you could use. But right. Okay. So I have the article up on the screen. Is it shared right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this new job, uh, shout out to, to Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix shared this in the Everything EOS channel. It's a director of technical training at Block One. And what they're looking to do is to build an in, the internal Block One blockchain. Internal Block One blockchain. What's that? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, you're right. Wow. And EOS IOS certification and training program, which is awesome. Like, this is what we need. Uh, define the curriculum for that. Uh, develop the material. So basically, they are having someone develop a way to get certified in EOS IO. That's what they're mm -hmm. looking to hire here. And they want someone who's can manage university relationships with block one. That's yes. huge. That is huge. Awesome. Advise university leadership regarding blockchain curriculum across multiple schools. Huge. Be the liaison between academic institutions and block one and EOS IO. Huge. So uh, th this is all stuff that has me super excited on top of, Brendan being like extra, extra active and transparent on Twitter lately. Uh, so we, yeah, I just, on that, I guess I want to say like, 
we know that they have a relationship with Virginia Tech. They have been, we've seen they've put on events together and whatnot. We know they're focusing hard on education at Block One. But I think, yeah, this is the first time we've seen a job posting where they're actually looking for somebody to manage the relationships with the universities that they're engaging. So that's pretty exciting. I think they're making well, steps. It, it's the second. So they had this oh, job post. So they did another one? Uh, yeah. Most people probably don't remember it, but back in September 2018, I believe, <laughs> if I had to just pick a date out my ass, it was probably <laughs> September 2018. Uh, there, there was a position that was similar to this. It was called Director of Education back then, and now it's called Director of Technical Training. So it's still very similar. Okay. Uh, cool. But it, it was something that they had posted, and then it like went away. And I remember I was all excited, thinking that they filled the position. Hmm. But it's great that they, they reopened it. And it's interesting that it's in the Arlington, Virginia office. So it's not Blacksburg. Whoever's leading this education is going to be like near Washington, D.C., which is one of the reasons that they opened up that office is because it's got an airport nearby and a lot more people are willing to like work for Block One if they work in a city. I, I, I've been to Blacksburg. It, it's it's pretty far out there. It's not near any real big cities. It, it's, it's a beautiful rural college town. Uh, great hiking trails and stuff like that, but it, it, it's it's probably a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow who are used to living in a in a city and near a lot of things. That I could see how they're they're not able to capture some of the talent that they otherwise would have been able to if they had an office in a bigger city. But right. They've always had the Hong Kong office, for example. They have an LA office. Um, but yeah, so so many bullish things. We got to kind of run run through them a little bit further, but. Did you see the ultra news? Yeah. So that, like, honestly, that might be the biggest is... news of the week. <laughs> like, it, it, it's insane. You want to say it? What, what, what happened? I'll, with I'll, ultra? Put, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen and you could talk about it. How about that? All right, cool. So I'm sure everyone that's watching this already saw this. But yeah, Ultra and AMD uh, announced that they have a partnership. So we don't know fully what the extent or nature of the partnership is, but it's pretty cool that they are announcing it. I saw the announcement both from Ultra, Ultra's Twitter and also yeah, from AMD. So that's the best part about it. Is yeah. Usually with these blockchain partnerships, it's always like a partnership. It's like right. a one-way thing. But AMD actually like tweeted this out. Right. This is the coolest part about the whole news. All of the news is that this huge is multi-billion dollar company. Is that safe to say? I don't have the numbers. Uh, I'm I would sure. say it's yeah. safe to assume multi-billion. Like chip manufacturer, graphics right. card manufacturer, partnering with Ultra IO, which is in it, it right now it's just an ERC20 token. Uh, but they will be launching their own main net. It'll be an EOS IO like sister chain. It'll be its own chain, its own main net. It hasn't launched yet. I, I think it's supposed to launch Q1 2020. Mm. But this is the biggest partnership we've ever seen in EOSIO. Like we hope voice is the thing that like pushes EOSIO into like mainstream. But uh right. And this it, is just this is huge. <laughs> this is coming a few weeks after the Ubisoft announcement, too. So now we have <laughs> Ultra partnering with Ubisoft and AMD. So let's talk about enterprise adoption for a second. Uh EOSIO has a foot in the door. We have a Ubisoft partnership and an AMD partnership on Ultra. And then, there, oh, uh, was that this week too? The um, the government that said that they were they were going to do their governance on top of? Yes. Let me, on top let me, of EOSIO? Just talk about it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Uh, I, I, I don't know much about it. We should have pulled it, up for uh, him, but I just so saw I'll, it. I know all about this. So okay, basically it's called it. SOV and not, not this, not this, not the sub shit coin. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, all the guys involved with it. I know that you're not scammers, but I, I, I 
didn't speculate on that coin. Hold on. Uh, so basically, the Marshall Islands came up with a national currency. And this this national currency is something that we've talked about on the show for a very long time because uh, I, I sniffed this, this project out a long time ago and assumed it would be on EOSIO. But I think it is almost official at this point. So I have shared on the screen. The Marshall Islands National Crypto was inspired by the work of Block One. So basically, they're creating a digital national currency in the Marshall Islands called SOV. And they're working like with their local government to make this happen. And all signals point to the fact that this is going to be an EOS IO implementation of a blockchain to deploy a national currency of a very small island country. But it's going to be a national currency on a blockchain, most likely on EOSIO. And not only is this article, this is a most likely worked with like the, their PR team. I'm sure they worked to get this published on, on Cointelegraph. Uh, but the other thing is, it doesn't say it anywhere else now on the, uh, the website, but one of the founders of this SOV uh, was the winner of the very first EOS hackathon. He was on that team called ID Pass. And they were, uh, building, know that. they were building a decentralized identity uh, tool. Uh, it, it was kind of, it was different than what Voice is doing, but it was still very interesting. I don't want to get into ID Pass, I think it was called. ID, ID Pass, yeah. And the, 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 one of the founders of this Marshall Islands project was on the ID Pass team. So he was basically working with EOSIO before the mainnet launched, which is the original reason why I thought that this was going to be EOSIO. But I'm going to take this one step further. Hopefully, my internet history doesn't look too bad here. Many <laughs> video series. Uh, hold on. Let me go to Sebastian's blog. And this is Sebastian from uh, wordproof.io. Highly recommend wordproof.io if you want to timestamp your online content to make it uh, verified on the blockchain. Uh, so he, he did these full transcripts of Dan Larimer's speech at Bloxburg. And then he also did one for uh, Brendan Bloomer. And let me let me pull up. We're just we're just going off the cuff here, man. We're just rolling with it. <laughs> People want to tune out, bug them. Let's oh keep going. <laughs> we're going all adult. It's Sunday night. That's awesome. I just got to be off. I got 20 minutes until the Steeler game starts. So I do have to watch my Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. Um, all of our followers at that point anyway. Check this out. Um, all right, here. I already have it highlighted. Look, I highlighted it for myself. I didn't even plan to pull this up. Can you read this for me, James? There are several countries that are already moving very much in this direction at a very quick speed. So what direction is that, Zach? He's talking about a national currency, like pro making programmable money. That is awesome. So, so Bloomer, oh, Bloomer hinted at some, yeah, Liberland too. We, yeah. And you're right. So, so Liberland, the Marshall Islands, and then I don't know if there's additional countries on top of that, but it seems possible. Yeah, so it seems like Bloomer might have some insight on this and know something about this Marshall Islands coin that we don't know. Because it was like interesting, like it it seems like why would they say they're inspired by block one and not EOS IO? So right. it tells me that like there might be some friendliness there. It doesn't mean like they're officially partners, right. but it means inspired like inspired by they know each other. Like they're right. at the EOS global hackathon finale in South Africa where they got like advisory and like consulting with block one and USVC. So it's not like they're strangers with each other. So I think that they're consulting in some way, whether in an official capacity or an unofficial capacity based on Brendan Bloomer hinting that there's some national currencies, like maybe working with the OSIO and then this thing coming out from the Marshall islands. 
uh, I, I think it's a given uh, that there's some really cool stuff going on that we don't yet know about. Right. Um, so bottom line there, I mean, so there's all this stuff going on with governments. There's the the partnerships that Ultra has announced with AMD and Ubisoft. I just think like when people normally think of enterprise adoption, I think a lot of people think of Ethereum or Hyperledger, one of these other projects. But I think that we're actually starting to see really significant strides in the EOSIO ecosystem for enterprise adoption. So that has me pretty excited. I, I agree. I, I would love to see more enterprise get involved. So I'm, I'm going to pull up a, in the everything. Uh, there's too much to talk about. Want to talk about the crypto wallet, maybe? What, what, which crypto wallet? This just came out like if you, <laughs> I don't know if I haven't talked to you about this. Uh, okay, we're all over the place. We need to probably get through all this news. Uh, payments, pl- let me share the screen here. This was pretty big news, but I did not have time to fully digest it. So crypto.com, they're like a web wallet. Uh, I, I've never used it, but they make it very simple for you to like, manage your crypto wallets without having to like manage your keys because it's a web wallet. So they just... Actually, it's a day ago, so maybe I just was late to the party at finding this. Um, But what they did was they added EOS to their crypto wallet. And the biggest benefit to it is now if you have EOS on this platform, I I hate this. You can't can't highlight text. But it says, can you see my cursor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll just say EOS is now also supported by Crypto.com's MCO Visa card, which gives consumers the much-needed freedom to spend digital assets in everyday life. The card can be used at any shop, restaurant, hotel, or business that accepts Visa worldwide. And it says it is available in 38 states, uh, including California, Ohio, Texas, and Virginia. So I don't have all 38 states in front of me, but I hope it's my state. I hope I can use this in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's super interesting. I don't know if I would use it only because I don't, I like to fully understand the tax implications of, of, doing i don't know how, what would it mean if you were using eos and is it using eos or is it paying in fiat and then exchanging eos on the back end or something i don't know so it, it, that's i think how um gemini gemini has uh, a relationship with a, a project called sped n and that's how it works is like it pops up a qr code on your phone they they scan it, it treats it like a gift card as far as the pos system at the cash register but on the back end you like set priorities. Like if you have Gemini coin, it'll automatically just like take that because it's like a stable coin. But you could also designate like, okay, if I don't have enough Gemini coin, then I want you to liquidate a piece of my Bitcoin position for whatever amount of cash you need for this this sale. So it it could be something like that where you could basically set priorities. Like you, you have permission to sell these tokens, but not those tokens. And then you basically swap them for the Gemini coin. And then the Gemini coin probably gets swapped to, to fiat and goes to the vendor somewhere, hmm. somehow. I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on that. Cool. But uh, we, we ran through the topics, man. Uh, it's definitely been a scatter show a little bit. Pun intended. Great guys at Scatter. Nathan uh, James. Rami James. James. Shout out, Rami. They've actually been doing some great work at Scatter. I don't know if there was a release this week, but they the new version of Scatter looks really slick. So shout out to Scatter, guys. All right. We can't actually sign off. We have one more thing we got to cover. I oh, missed geez. it. What? We, we we got it we got it we got to plug EOS Raider my boys at the EOS Raider oh popcorn we got it we got it we got to we got to walk through the popcorn <laughs> I I think not enough people are reading EOS popcorn on the EOS Raider site so EOSRaider.io shout out Kenny the EOS Raider I think you're in the live chat right now also shout out to Sean also known as Too Legit Crypto 
He is the author of this amazing <laughs> popcorn series. We're just going to go through this. This is how we're going to close out the show this week. Sounds we're going to go through the EOS popcorn. Only 481 views. This is pathetic, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you another 1,500 or so on this, and then the people listening on iTunes, we'll just read them out for you. Uh, is this the, is this the most recent one? Okay. So it was just a funny joke. He kind of made fun of Colin Talks Crypto a little bit because he got all pissed last week. It's this this whole thing's all in good fun. It's basically yeah. like how would you describe it? Like water cooler talk within yeah. EOS. It's like gossip. I, yeah, it's it's just a way for us to laugh at ourselves because people get all uptight on Twitter and on Telegram, and this is just a funny way. I, I love that they're doing this because it just brings some humor into the ecosystem when when people are getting. Right. Any, anyone that wants stuff shouted out, you better just mention it in the live chat. MH just said cover Wax Cloud Wallet. Wax Cloud Wallet came out. Uh, they've been onboarding a shitload of users with it. Prospector has just been unbelievable with uh, thousands of users oh, yeah. signing up for Wax Cloud Wallet. Super awesome. Check it out at wax.io. Uh, there's my plug, guys. Um, all right. So EOS Writer, uh, where are some good ones? I didn't. I didn't oh, shame it. on it. This is funny just because it's EOS writer writing about himself being shamed. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, because just uh, laughing at himself. It was, a, it was a, yeah. People can go read it. You got to go read EOS popcorn. There's too much text here for us to read all of it, but it, it is. Funny. Oh, he was taking, I, I think many of its points are humorous, but things intentionally taken out of context, not humorous to me. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Colin. Uh, it's just funny. It's all And then fun. shout out to Shaney Moore's mustache, by the way. Oh yeah, like, for real. Uh, wait, what, what's what's Kenny saying? Should have used our post. You could highlight text. Oh, he's talking about uh, oh, on the, the telegraph. Yeah, fucking telegraph. I mean, I, I keep swearing. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to swear. We try not to. But uh, shout out to this beautiful mustache. Uh, sock puppets. That was the big talk. Oh, there's another thing that came out this week. Uh, Saeed Jaffrey put an article out about sock puppets. You can probably check out the EOS Cafe block telegram. I'll, I'll try to add a lot of these links into the description, but there is some interesting stuff that came out. Uh, so basically the whole controversy around this week was that multiple BP accounts sent EOS to the same uh, Huobi like wallet with the same memo. That was the issue, right? But then it basically just came out that it was uh, a, a mining pool. And this is typical, like you make payments to the mining pool and that that's basically what came out. Oh, I didn't know that that actually came out. I just thought, yeah. So I saw people speculating about it and rude mud crab basically saying, we don't know what it means, which I guess you're right. He was correct. We, <laughs> we didn't know what it meant. <laughs> if anyone's still with us, we're just, we're just winging this at this point. Yeah. I love this one. Any plans from Sam sticks? <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> Any plans okay. to penetrate Africa? There will there will never be a, an US popcorn without rude mud crab in it because he just has so much hilarious content. I love it. Whatever. He... <laughs> uh the Netflix. Weren't we talking about this in the one uh chat we had with like Pete and Evan? Oh yeah, this is this is too about much. Netflix. Our hardware is amazing, 100 percent bare metal, 99 percent uptime. Man, it's a lot better than my uptime, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh Doug Horn taking claim for the OK Bloomer. Uh, mm -hmm. catchphrase, uh, bonds making women angry, Stella, <laughs> Stella and Katie from, from Telos, uh, making fun of, making fun of Rob Finch. Like, I think this is like where you're like, you're talking about earlier of like, just kind of having some humility and like seeing like how other people right. are perceiving this. Like hopefully Rob doesn't get pissed about this. Like it's all in fun. Uh, but it's funny though. He shared Rob at the $1,000 bet on the chat. <laughs> 
<laughs> and where we're at now. <laughs> right. I'm pouring out for my homie. <laughs> Rob is back. He's coming. Like, he will be here Saturday, guys. Like, Rob, he's not like he capitulated yeah, crypto, guys. Like, he yeah. still has some pretty big freaking bags. Well, like, I'm not going to argue this all day. Like, you guys could say what you want. Love Rob Finch forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And this show wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for him. So I will always stick up for him. Uh, Stella. Stella hates EOS now, man. Whatever. Have you noticed uh, that? She's yeah. Fudster. Definitely noticed that on Twitter. She likes to, to FUD EOS, but whatever. Yeah. I, I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't get involved with all those fights. Shout out, shout out to Max Show and his bold predictions. What, what do you think of Max Shield? You don't really know him uh, that well, do you? I don't. I have no idea who he is. I, I no. I just think he's hilarious. I follow uh, him on Twitter because his his shills are great. So uh, let me. I'm just gonna. I know he's gonna see this. You say so you never knew who Max was before he became Max Shield, right? That's true. Yeah. Fight Club made Max Shield who he is. He owes royalties to the Fight Club. If anyone knows what what, what, what that might be, <laughs> <laughs> only only a handful of people might understand that. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely am not one. Okay, uh, we gotta get through these, man. <laughs> Just scroll to the bottom. That's it. Go read. Go. Everyone can go read it on their own. Oh no, this one is good, man. This one. Block one posted. If you need help on anything specific, they they pointed the link to the Stack Exchange <laughs> and Tequila. <laughs> it's like uh, we need help voting. Can you show us how to vote. Block that one. That was clever. <laughs> uh, oh shit. Yeah, all this stuff was happening in the Colin Talks Crypto Rewards Proxy because everyone was kind of like giving them shit for. One, getting upset about the EOS writer stuff. And then the second part of like uh, shaming the the block producers that did that payment to Huobi. And I joined the channel and everyone was like saying hi. And I was like, any corruption going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I heard this is where all the corruption happens. Uh, rude mud crab. Colin hates rude mud crab. It's a fact. Maybe. Some people think mud crab hates them, but I think mud crab's just honest, man. He speaks his no, mind. Yeah, he's just honest. Like he doesn't hate you, Zach. He just called you out when he no, thought there was I, something I, shady going on. That's, I, that's what he does. That's his thing. I love Mud Crab. Yeah, I, we need him in the community. The, you were talking about this tweet earlier. We could finally read it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack, we couldn't agree more. Are you with some voice? <laughs> voice just telling Jack he needs to sign up for the voice beta. <laughs> oh, this was good. Uh, I'm in, Jack. Just let me know what you need from Charles Hoskinson. <laughs> shady more again. Thanks. I'm going to need you to come in this week and finish up Cardano first. I think, uh, didn't someone else, Bloomer made a burn against Hoskinson too. Someone asked him about uh, Cardano and he said, I don't know, you might want to ask the Cardano peer reviewers instead. Oh, that's hilarious. Colin Cardano, popcorn. Yeah. They have their test net out right now. We, 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 we got to close this out, man, because one, the people on iTunes are going to get pissed because we used a lot of visuals and didn't really explain them. <laughs> but two, we've been doing this over an hour and I like to keep it at an hour. Uh, I would like to thank everyone who's watched us for this long. If you're still here, please like the video if you have not already. Subscribe if you're not already. Uh, did we leave anything out, James? You got to definitely your not. Video. We covered more than we should have. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. everyone, for watching. <laughs> so let's plug James. So on the Dappiness channel, I would just search the word Dappiness, D A P P I N E S S. I'll yep. put a link in the description, and you can see this great debate. There's only like 200 views on it between James. And Peter K, who a lot of you guys know, and they were debating, like, does every dApp need its own blockchain? And right. James says, probably not. Well, and Pete, yeah. 
Anyway, we, we go, go watch the video. It was hard. It was like, yeah, we were just discussing the the alternative ways that the future could be with EOS. And we're going to continue that conversation this upcoming Wednesday on EOS Radio. So tune in over there if you're interested in... 1 p.m. Eastern, I believe. 1 p.m. Eastern, that's right. Uh, no, no, Knook. Rob, Rob is just gone this weekend. He, he'll, he'll, he'll still be on from time to time, guys. Like, he's just not going to be here every week. We're going to have James on. We're going to have Pete on. We're going to have Eve from EOS Nation on. We're going to have Kevin Rose on. We're going to have everyone on, man. Like, it's going to be really good still. Like, there's Rob is like an EOS encyclopedia, but there's also a lot of other really talented and smart people in this ecosystem. And I'm going to introduce you to all of them. Like, uh, you probably already know who they are, but this show is going to be really good. Uh, so don't worry about it, guys. Everything's going to be good, and Rob's still going to be back occasionally. It's just he's going to focus his life on some other stuff, man. Crypto's <laughs> 24-7, and he's been yep. doing it for like th- since 2013, but like, way more than full time for like the last two or three years anyway we plugged eos radio i've got the pittsburgh steeler game started eight minutes i gotta watch it all right so let's get off we have a very specific way to close out these shows james so you're familiar uh, i i'm very familiar how, how, you gotta lead it though how do you do it uh i'm james mart no it's like well we got, i usually say like until next time oh all right until next time i'm james mart and i'm zach gall <laughs> and, and this is everything, everything eos, EOS. Go eat. <laughs> this is that was terrible, man. Yeah, leave sorry. a thumbs up and leave a comment in the description below. Blah blah blah. We'll see you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Uh, I have Liquid Crypto, uh, which is basically Multiblock, also known as Airdrop Stack or formerly known as Airdrop Stack. I have Michael Gucci on it and Christoph Mikkel, uh, who are two legends in the EOS ecosystem. They will be on on Tuesday. James Mart will be on EOS Radio on Wednesday, and then I'll be back next Saturday with Rob Finch. For the regular Everything EOS live stream, I will see you all next.